Coming up on this episode of the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. And if the podcast sounds ever so slightly odd or disjointed, be aware that there is major lag in the recording today to the point where I sometimes think Josh has stopped talking, so I start, and then I find out that Josh continues talking for another two minutes as I'm continuing to make a point. So editing around some of this material could be interesting. If it sounds especially weird, you know why. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me... <sighs> Brian Keeley in a palm tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me... Two cases of Magellan's, one Brian Keeley, all in a palm tree. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me... Three Havana syndromes, two cases of Magellan's, one Brian Keeley, all in a in, in a palm tree. On the fourth day. No, 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 Christmas. stop, 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 stop. I'm not sure how much more of this I can do. Look, there's only 360 days to go. 360? Is it the, the 12 days of Christmas? 12? Why would that only be 12 days of Christmas, Joshua? How very miserly of you. How very Scrooge-like. Now, on the fourth day of Christmas, no, my true life. No. No, 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 no. But, uh, no. Fine. Christmas is officially cancelled. Are you happy now? Well, I don't think it... Ooh. That's the new patron alert. Quick, to the conspiraputer. Hmm. Seems the war on Christmas is back, baby. Yes, this Julia character, our latest patron, seems like a front for the ancient Roman god Mithras. Or at least someone who's trying to bring Mithras back. Hmm. As atheists, are we for or against this? Well, anything to get rid of Christian feast days should be good by us, but replacing them with other religious holidays, that I'm not so sure about. Mithras? More like myth don't. Nah, it doesn't work. Anyway, Julia, we're on to you. We're on to your part of the plan to... Actually, so what is the conspiracy we're trying to uncover here? So far we've claimed our patrons are trying to melt polar ice caps, cover up that cephalopods rule the world... Are at war with Christmas and... Well, the thing is, we don't know what they're up to, just that they're up to something. We know the who, and we know they're doing things in secret together. We just don't know why. Interesting. Very interesting. So, Julia... If that isn't just a fake name to cover up that you are the resurrected from the dead dictator Julius Caesar... That's more an Easter joke than a Christmas one. Yeah, so is Mithras, really. Anyway, Julia, we're on to you. And also, welcome and thank you for the patron pledge. It's much appreciated. Indeed. And now, if you don't all mind, we have a lazy interview special to record. Hey, it's the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy. Welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy for the end of 2021. I am Josh Edison in Auckland, New Zealand. They are Dr. N. Dentith in Shuhai, China. And um, you know what the end of the year means? Means a means a wrap-up wrap up of the year podcast episode, because that's a damn sight easier than writing a new one. Precisely. We do like to spend the end of the year being as lazy as possible, preparing ourselves for the eventual Christmas feasting, which 
will make us lazy anyway. So being preemptively la lazy to get us into that lazy state for being lazy later on. It is the epitome or epitome of being lazy. However, and I've heard Ooh. it both ways. I've heard it both ways. Pretty sure it's epitome, but who can say? Language is weird. So, I mean, are we? do, do we have enough enthusiasm to play a sting before we get into the end of year hijinks? Or should we just sort of lazily no, roll I think we just go straight like into... No, no, who can be bothered with a sting, honestly? Yeah, we're, we, we, we're going to break tradition. We're going to break Christmas tradition. And we're going to go straight from the intro into the content with no preamble whatsoever. We're in uncharted mm. territory now, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone else. Yep, we're mad. Who knows what we'll do next? Uh, me, because I'm looking at the list of notes we've got. So... We're just, just going to do the usual rundown, look, look back at all the things we've talked about over this year, maybe maybe give our impressions or things that stuck out to us. Um, so given that um, this year, we, like last, last year, end of last year, we sort of started some new things, our conspiracy theory masterpiece theatres, and I think that had been going on for a while, and, but the, the um, what the conspiracy segment wasn't particularly old by the end of last year, but this time we've had a whole year's worth of stuff. So our episodes have been have been broken up into a bunch of nicely defined separate categories. Should we be awarding something, you know, the best episode in each category? So go through them and then decide what the best Ooh. episode is. Sure, that's Having a good one. Not okay. decided on this before the no. even started. We're now going no. to have to try and negotiate the best episode. No, but exactly. And so we're now be... the best episodes that we have produced, which is actually going to be yes. could, could be contentious when it comes to the what the conspiracy stuff. But you know, we'll get well, on to may, that. May, may, yeah, maybe favorite episode would be more more appropriate. No, I say best. Okay, I fine. say best. Right. Well, I guess we might as well start with the the regular good old fashioned episodes, like we always used to do. And we've stuck a whole bunch of those in there. Let me read out the list, because we, as, as this is an award ceremony thing, so the, the contestants for regular episode of 2021 include episode 300, Let's Play Left Behind, the film The Board Game, Disinformation Redux, Bed of Lies, a podcast review, Josh and M go to the art gallery, The Sinking of the USS Maine, Return to Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory, The Reichstag Fire, More Gallons, Covert Infiltration of White Supremacist Networks in New Zealand, 20 Years of 9-11 Scholarship, Expertise from the Can, The Cat's Meow, Havana Syndrome, The 1953 Iran Coup, and NZ Conspiracies, Nazi War Criminals, and The Social Credit Party. Mm. Uh, the, the, the sharp head among you will have noticed at least three different false flag type conspiracies in there. We've got to, got to keep the old false flags alive. They're practically our bread and butter. But but in terms of best episode, well, I mean, certainly the very first one of the year, the episode three hundred. Surely that's 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 a milestone. That's significant. Does it make it best though? Well, so what's interesting about episode three hundred is it's a a milestone episode. It is episode three hundred. B, it's us playing a very bad board game without explaining the rules on audio. And C, it was kind of meant to be the final episode before I went to China. Because initially, episode 300 would be the big episode, the board game episode. And then a week later, I'd be on a jet plane flying all the way to Guangzhou. And of course, that turned out not to be the case due to a delay in the visa minting situation in Australasia generally. 
And so episode 300 was meant to be really big and kind of signal a change in direction. And then it didn't. So it's a notable episode because of not, not only what the episode was, but also why the episode was. Mm. Now, the, um, the Josh and Em go to the art gallery, that was the one where we brought up a couple of topics that we'd uh, first mentioned in bonus episodes that all sort of related to conspiracies around the art world. And they were, we thought they were interesting enough that, that they were worth um, introducing to our, our main listenership. So this was, this was when we talked about the Salvatore Mundi and all the issues around that, including where the hell it actually is Salvador at the moment. Stop, stop it, stop it. I'll be doing it for the rest of the week. Um, we, we also talked about, uh, see, I can't even remember now. My mind has been scrubbed. Uh, we talked about mummies and, 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 and paper mache burial masks and what have you, and the um, the the theft of scraps of of ancient papyrus from Oxford University, and that I think that that one that one got some positive feedback. I think that one got some positive feedback. But of course, to my mind, the big episode of the year was our return to Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory. Yeah, we, we had we had high hopes for the return to Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory, didn't we? We we thought, given that that's the one episode that's received the most ongoing well, comment, yeah. But but then in the end, not a lot came of it. Really, a little bit of a flop, unfortunately. I mean, didn't get no didn't get no reaction, but not the reaction. I mean, we were what's hoping interesting for. is that post that episode, we haven't really had any Uncle Sam Snuff Factory correspondence. So we kind of well, one or two, stop I think. But yeah. So in that respect, mm. it's interesting because I think we've now covered it so thoroughly that people can't criticize our covering of the topic anymore. So the first episode, they said, oh, you left out salient details. There might be something to it. The second episode, we went into those supposedly salient details and went, actually, there still is nothing to this particular hypothesis. So I think I think basically we might never need to return to return to Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory. I think Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory isn't just closed. It never existed in the first place. Mm, that does make it a good contender. Though near to the end of the year when we talked about Havana Syndrome, I mean, Havana Syndrome is, is starting to rival Flight MH370 in terms of being the urtext for this podcast. It just keeps popping up over and over and over again. But it wasn't until this year that we actually sat down and devoted an entire episode to it and it alone. And we did get some positive social media buzz about our coverage of Havana Syndrome because people have been asking for my opinion on exactly what I think is going on with the, the sound from Havana. And this was a case to go and sh say that actually we don't think there's anything to it other than the pejorative term of mass hysteria. Mm. So... Another another good contender. I have to say, if we're talking about pure personal preference, I think I liked the Cat's Meow episode the best, just because it was a fun topic. We got to talk about wacky 1920s goings-on, and there was intrigue and murder and a movie with Eddie Izzard and stuff like that. I thought and it was carry just a fun thing to forget talk carry about. No, can't forget carry no. So if I, if I had to cast a vote purely on the basis of, um, of, of, of gut feeling, I would say the Cat's Meow episode was our best one of 2021. 
So I enjoyed the cat's meow. I enjoyed the bonus episode associated with the cat's meow as well, where we looked at the sad fate of Natalie Wood. Mm. I must admit, I'm also quite partial to the New Zealand conspiracies episode we did only a few weeks ago on Nazi war criminals and the social credit party. That also got a lot of positive buzz on social Mm. media here. Now I know that talking about buzz on social media isn't necessarily the kind of thing that we should use as a marker for an episode being good but at the same time it did seem to be an episode that resonated with people back home mm-hmm. well again another another contender but i've given my i've given my entirely biased 100 percent subjective opinion the cat's meow was the best episode but um you're you're more than welcome to suggest an alternative and i'll simply fight you to the death over it I mean, I don't want to die just yet, so I will concede on this matter. I do think the Cat's Meow was a great episode and is worthy of being nominated for Best Episode of the Regular Episode Bit. Now, this has occurred to me that we should probably choose the best of the best. We now have to remember we've put the Cat's Meow down as the best episode, but I might even just modify the document slightly and put an asterisk beside it. Mm. So there we go. So... So then we have another another little category that um, doesn't quite doesn't quite fit in anywhere else. A little a little subcategory of um, M's adventures in China, or at least getting to China, or or, or things about about M's AKA life the in episodes general. Episodes in which we pretended that I had disappeared. Mm. Now we did have there was one one earlier in the year where you'd been cited in that weird paper that we had a look through. And it, it, you you were just really listed as here are a bunch of people who write about conspiracy theories, and it wasn't um, as interesting as we'd hoped. But then, yes, once you once you actually finally departed, what when when was that? Refresh my memory. What month did you finally leave? That was June. That was June. June, right? When we were expecting you to leave in January. But anyway, you got there in the end. Uh, but while you were in transit and um, slowly losing your mind. Uh, in in isolation in a single hotel room. So you'd you'd done um, some recordings, which were even did you do those at the start of the year, or were they even at the end of? So they yeah, they were over the Christmas period mm. of twenty twenty. So yes, expecting that we were going to use them fairly quickly, but he ended up uh, not using them for another seven months. But nevertheless, we managed to craft a little narrative about your weird explorations of North Head. Ending strangely, and then and then you we had your dispatches. I mean, as you, you say we managed to craft a little narrative. I just gave you a set of random recordings well, of things I said on North Head, and you had to create some kind of story out of completely disjointed narration. So, congrats to you, I say, Josh. We almost congrats got there. Yes, yes, I thank you very much. But um, yes, then then I got to basically sit back and let you do all the work as you interviewed Brian L. Keeley, you interviewed Joe Skinsky. And you had a joint interview with Jenna Husting and Martin Orr, which were um, placed online sequentially as you languished in in your hotel room. I I, I wouldn't want to pick a best out of those because then we might end up playing favourites amongst your interview subjects. Although for the next category, we're probably going to end up playing favourites anyway. Ah, yes, but in the next category, we're playing favourites with... Things people have written, not necessarily the people mm, who wrote them. Precisely. So yes, our next category is Conspiracy Theory Masterpiece Theatre. And the 
contestants are Which Happens by Pete Mahandik, Charles Pigden and the Conventional Wisdom, On Political Conspiracies by Yuhal Riker, Fortuitous Data by Joel Bunting and Jason Taylor, The Ethics of Conspiracy Theorizing by Yuhal Riker, Conspiracy Theories, Causes and Cures by Cass R. Sunstein and Adrian Vermeule, although we're still not entirely sure how his last name is pronounced, is Infiltration of Extremist Groups Justified by Curtis Hagen, Conspiracy Theories and Rationality by Lee Basham, Susan Feldman's Counterfact Conspiracy Theories, Conspiracy Theories and Stylized Facts by Curtis Hagen, Conspiracy Theories and Conspiracy Theorists by David Cody, Vice Epistemology by Kwasam Kassam, and we were meant to do an episode on my article when inferring to a conspiracy is the best explanation, but we decided to skip that because it would be inappropriate for me to review my own paper. Which one sticks out to you? Actually, I'm going to I'm going to flip that around on you because, of course, I I know these papers quite intimately, but for you, most of these papers were completely new. So, which paper, when you read it, did you go, "Huh, actually, that's really really good." Mm, I, I don't want to. I don't want to disparage any of our, our um, any of the authors of the papers we've looked at. But the ones that stuck out to me didn't stick out to me by being good. They more stuck out for me by being either significant or a little bit odd. Um, certainly, the fortuitous data one. It was it was nice to actually finally see the the terms particularism and generalism appear in a paper that seemed to have a fair amount of nine um, eleven truthiness to it. So it kind of stuck out on both of those. Um, the papers by Curtis Hagen also stuck in my mind for his fairly forceful method of, of arguing against the two different things he was arguing against. And the the Sunstein and Vermeule one, while I didn't particularly enjoy it, it certainly was interesting to see what everyone was talking about, basically, given that there was such a reaction to that one. But I think, yeah, I don't know, I... I don't even know if favourite is the right word, but I think the fortuitous data one is probably the one that sticks out the most for me from this year. See, to my mind, it's Kassam's Vice Epistemology paper, a paper which I really, really, really dislike and thus love tearing to bits. So it was just fun to talk about a paper that I just I, I see no virtues to whatsoever, which is ironic given it's called Vice Epistemology. So finding a paper and go, look, I can I can tear this to shreds because I really don't think there's a single good argument in it at all. Mm. Well, yes, perhaps if 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 things had happened sort of at a different time of the year, because it seems from what I can gather, it seems that um, the the vice epistemology article is the was the next Sunstein and Vermeule article, one that got that 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 um, provoked a lot of reaction and got a lot of pushback to it. So given that that was the second to last one we looked at this year, we haven't really had time um, to see any sort of a pushback, but possibly possibly next year we'll end up I'll, I'll end up looking back at it and saying, ah yes, good to see that vice epistemology one that everyone ended up talking about. But well I'm I'm gonna defer to you in this category because A, you're the you're the expert and B I, I kind of had my way with the previous theory. So I think I think we can quite safely say that vice epistemology is is the winner of that bunch. Now, before we get on to the next category, there's a little bit of an interlude. There, there, there was one other paper we looked at this year, 
but it wasn't, we didn't do it in the context of conspiracy theory masterpiece theatre because it was not in any sense what you might call a masterpiece. What was that paper? This was 9-11 is False Flag, Why International Law Must Dare to Care by Amy Baker Benjamin, a former law lecturer at Auckland University of Technology. She has since resigned from that position. And we were looking at it because she had... News reports had come out back home that not only was she strongly in support of Trump, but also strongly in support of the stolen election hypothesis. And people going, it's a bit weird to find an Auckland-based academic with such strong Trumpian views. And so I was I wanted to point out that she does have form of having some unusual beliefs, such as this particular 9-11 inside job paper that was published in a South African journal. So we we took a gander at that. Now, of course, this gets to win the category because it's the only member of that category. But I'm going to suggest that we do not put this into contention for best episode of the year because a single category doesn't really count. No, I agree. I agree. And also, in terms of the content itself, I don't think the paper deserves... Uh, to be to be highlighted in any way at all, but it's a nice it's a nice little um, nice little palate cleanser to go from one major category to the last major category, which of course is the what the conspiracy episodes. And um, I don't know about you, I, I kind of find these ones the most fun. And what a set of contestants we have! I agree entirely. And this year we had myself telling Josh about Todd Noy. Josh telling me about the Holdemore, me telling Josh about the Camden Wonder, Josh telling me about the Time Cube, me telling Josh about the Notting Hill Mystery, Josh telling me about Patrick Ewing and the Frozen Envelope, me telling Josh about the plot to kill the other Castro, Josh telling me about the original Ponzi scheme, me telling Josh about the Tartarian Empire, Josh telling me about the kidnapping of Shergar, me telling Josh about the plot to make Aotearoa non-nuclear, Josh telling me about the Columbus letter, me telling Josh about Motley Crue, although I should say specifically me telling Josh about Nikki Six. It just turns out that Josh knew nothing about Motley Crue whatsoever. And finally, Josh telling me about 440 hertz. Mm. Yeah, the um, the original Ponzi scheme one is uh, becoming becoming more and more relevant today. Have, have you heard that there is actually, amongst the sort of the NFT crypto promoting types, there is a bit of an argument going around that pyramid schemes and Ponzi schemes are actually okay. And they've sort of moved on from saying, no, it's not, the crypto isn't a giant Ponzi scheme to saying, what's wrong with Ponzi schemes? Uh, there's some, some claim that, oh, that that's all money is. Money is just one big Ponzi scheme and we're just, we're just another one. And so, so, so what's wrong with being a Ponzi scheme, quite frankly? I personally am not convinced. Because the whole point of a Ponzi scheme is it's a scam. Once you admit you're in a Ponzi scheme, you're admitting you're in a scam. Are the people behind NFTs going, well, scams? If you're going to say that money is like a Ponzi scheme, you should be going the other direction and pointing out why the basis of our monetary system is in fact dubious. Mm. Not going, oh, well, if you accept this one dubious thing, you should accept the other one as well. But also, they're not the same. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, I can't... I don't know about you, but I can't be in any way objective about these ones because I, I find the most fun part of them is researching and coming up with a topic that I can try and bamboozle you with. So the ones I prefer 
are the ones where I was uh, are almost uniformly the ones where I was telling you about something rather than when you were telling me about something. So I did particularly enjoy finding out about uh, Pat, the Patrick Ewing episode. It was a good a good little bit of sports trivia. More than one I, more than one person had sort of said, "Ha Now I have a single piece of sports trivia that I can trot out uh, if if necessary." Uh, although you, of course, given that you're incapable of holding any sports information in your brain, uh, don't remember that one at all. Well, it's true. I mean, I don't remember anything about Patrick Ewing and whatever a frozen envelope is. I'm assuming it's some kind of baking-related conspiracy theory that Josh told me about, but for some reason it's just completely escaped. I mean, Patrick pa- Patrick who? Frozen what? Some kind of meringue? I have no idea. It's just gone right out of my mind. The episode I enjoyed giving the most was probably the Todd Noy episode, because it's just such a wonderful story. The episode I enjoyed hearing the most, now that's that's interesting, because there was an awful lot of really interesting information that Josh provided this year. The Time Cube episode, an absolute classic. I kind of wish I had the Time Cube sting on hand to play that right now. Mm, Talking about the original Ponty scheme, also quite fantastic but i think i think my favorite one really was the kidnapping of sugar because it's such a wonderfully irish story Mm. well whereas i think the episode that i enjoyed hearing the most might have been the camden wonder one actually towards the um towards the beginning of the year uh largely because of the number of twists and the number of things about it that just didn't make any sense at all and also the number of fantastically English place names that were involved all the way through it. That one probably stands out the most. Although I did, I did quite like the plot to kill Castro one. The way you were, you 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 were able to craftily bamboozle both me and our listeners by talking about Castro, but not that Castro, the other Castro, Castro's brother, which did give us then lots of um, lots of excuse to to start referring to the comparing the two Castro brothers to the Charlie Sheen. Emilio Estevez, and and whether or not that makes Che Guevara Judd Nelson. So I did appreciate it, but I, I I think yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed make, coming up with the Patrick. You I actually enjoyed coming up with the Shergo one as well, just because it's such a an interesting story. But in terms of the one I, I enjoyed hearing the most from you, I think I'm going to go with the Camden Wonder. All right, so we've got a vote for the Camden Wonder, and we've got a vote for the kidnapping of Shergo. Mm. So. Well, that's that, that we've now actually been through every episode that um, that we brought to you this year. So that means our our, our um, best episodes from each category are the one about the cat's meow story, or, or more specifically, was the the death of Thomasins. We've got the episode about vice epistemology by Kasim Kassam. We've got the episode where you told me about the Camden Wonder and the episode where I told you about the kidnapping of Shergar. Now, if we were being politic here, we'd immediately dis- discount the What the Conspiracy episodes because we're going to be ever so slightly biased about those, which means really our options are a tie between vice epistemology and the cat's meow. And frankly, I don't think Kassam deserves the award. I think the Cat's Meow is the clear winner of last year, slash this year, slash next year. What is time anyway? Of the last years. You know, I, I agree completely. I agree completely. I wouldn't want to give it any other way either. So there you have it, listeners. The Cat's Meow episode 
which I wonder... Now, you do realize do we... if we were interested in SEO and only SEO, we'd have, to posit, we'd have to pivot this podcast now to be entirely around conspiracy theories involving celebrity deaths. It would become the future of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't actually be the first time we've... Well, certainly not the first time we've talked about celebrity deaths. In fact, one of our earliest episodes ever was all about celebrity deaths and um, the conspiracy theories that came up about them. We did, gosh, this, this, this is literally the first year of our podcast. I remember we did Kurt Cobain and we talked about Sid and Nancy and I think we talked about Tupac and Biggie. And I'm not sure if we did any more, but then other ones have come up. So I, I, I think we could do it if we, if we were really uh, pressed to. We could certainly pivot entirely to a, a being a podcast about celebrity deaths, but I don't know. Maybe maybe our listenership would get over it eventually. You know how fickle all that SEO audience audience optimization business is. It, it could really go either way. So um, maybe it's not worth the risk. Well, precisely. I think we should continue experimenting with the format as we have done since time immemorial and as we will do for time immemorial as well because time mm. immemorial. Immemorial. Mm. It's fun Entire. to say. Immemorial. Mm. So I think that's really all we have to say in this episode. It's a shorter episode than normal, but as we said at the top, it's a it's a very lazy episode. We're putting in the absolute minimum uh, that we can in, in to to finish off the year because we're we're pretty much all just getting ready for the holidays. And quite frankly, we're no different from any other podcast in that respect. I think so. I feel no guilt whatsoever in the multiverse. And if the podcast sounds ever so slightly odd or disjointed. Be aware that there is major lag in the recording today to the point where I sometimes think Josh has stopped talking, so I start, and then I find out that Josh continues talking for another two minutes as I'm continuing to make a point. So editing around some of this material could be interesting. If it sounds especially weird, you know why. Meanwhile, over in J-Reality. So it was running health checks, and then it stopped, and then it started running the health checks again. And now... Well, something is. Returning now to the multiverse. Now, as more evidence of the dodgy connection here, I know that I am still recording. Oh, no, and Josh has gone offline. He's gone offline, and I'm really, really fuzzy. Question is, will Josh come back? Will he come back? Has he come back? Is there going to be more Josh? Who knows? Let's find out. Did you, did you receive the high praise I heaped upon you just now? No. I did not. Okay, well, I'll pick up from there, because ironically, I was congratulating you for how well you've coped with the technical difficulties we've um, <laughs> suffered. <clears throat> but yes, I do I do have to uh, congratulate you for your, your, your audio engineering prowess, given the number of episodes we've had that have been complicated by technical difficulties, and they've all come out sound, sounding pretty, pretty dashed good. So um, kudos to you for the for the, the polishing of turds, the making of beautiful silk purses out of the sowiest of sow's ears. Why, thank you, Josh. Why, thank you. Although I might spend a bit of the Christmas break investigating other recording options for us going forward. Even if we go back to the old days of recording our audio separately and me editing it together in post. But we'll, we'll, find, we'll find ways to continue and move forward. Always happening to the future as Chris Luxon would say. The future is happening, and we're going to happen with it. Yep, damn right we are. Of course, we do have a bonus episode to record, 
And our bonus episode is not going to be particularly lazy, although all our bonus episodes are technically lazy in some way, shape, or form, truth be told. But in our bonus episode this week, we'll be looking at the insurrection of January 6th, earlier this year, looking at the PowerPoint presentation that was given to Republicans and Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, which outlined the techniques they could have used to keep the presidency. We'll be looking at the text messages that were being sent to Mark Meadows on the day of January 6th, where it turns out even Trump's children were begging their father to step back from what was going on. And then finally, we'll be looking at Mormons and their continual search for evidence of their fake history. This is the end of the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy for 2021. We'll be back a couple of weeks into January, refreshed and probably sunburnt on my part. Um, and uh, and and hit you with with quite frankly who knows what. Well, yeah, I don't know. I have I have Scottish ancestry. I essentially hide indoors, and uh, if I step outside, yeah, actually, the good thing is that when I step outside in the Auckland summer, I do instantly catch on fire. Uh, but then the fire is instantly doused by the torrents of sweat that immediately start pouring off me. So I will be I'll be avoiding the sun as much as I can. But um, sometimes there's just no getting away from the damn thing. But that, I believe, is all we have uh, for this week and for 2021. So, um, uh, first of all, thank you. Thank you once again to Julia, our brand new patron, and thank you to all of our other patron patrons, for whom, of course, we have a bonus episode on the way uh, in, that we're going to start recording in just a moment and that you're quite free to listen to uh, whenever you want. And, of course, thank you to our regular listeners. Even if you're not patrons, you still take the time to listen to our podcast, and that makes you thoroughly special in our books. So uh, I don't think there's anything more, from me at least, to say than uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we'll see you all in 2022. Em, would you like to send us out with some pearls of wisdom on your part. See you all in 2022. Whatever the future brings, you probably should wear shades. Just a good idea generally. Good for your eyes. You've been listening to the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, hosted by Josh Addison and M. Denton. If you'd like to help support us, please find details of our pledge drive at either Patreon or Podbean. If you'd like to get in contact with us, email us at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com. Piece of jib. I know. I know my building terms. Mm. Piece of jib. You're a piece of jib. Actually, that sounds like it should be a great insult. You piece of jib. You're a fine piece of jib, sir. Don't jib me. I've been. I've. I've been jibbed by better people than you. It's getting close to it. Your mum jibbed me last night. <laughs> yes.